Welcome to the Seth Kibble Podcast. This show is to equip you with real-world tactics that improve your leadership skills, build your wealth, and cause you to leave a multi-generational impact on your world. This is episode 24, Four Reasons a Small Business is a Stupid Business. Now, I know that's going to sound pretty aggressive, and it is. Maybe this is going to trigger some conversations inside of yourself. That's always a good thing, and I want you to question yourself. All of us need to constantly question ourselves as we're working to scale these businesses more than what I want you to question as far as your goals. A lot of times we question our goals and we question our tactics. More than that, even more than questioning your goals and tactics, I always want you to question the energy, the motivation, the reasons behind those goals. Like what's underneath them? What's powering them? And that's exactly where this idea of small creeps in and messes with you because typically that's built off of something that's not really positive. And I'm going to walk you through some of the reasons, some of the excuses you might be telling yourself, quite frankly, where you could be setting yourself up for not leaving very much of an impact on your world. Definitely not multi-generational. So I'm here for you. Here's some of the, and I'm going to use the word stupid. I hope that's okay. It doesn't offend you. I'm doing a little for shock value. And a little just to put it in context, just to be fair, here's some of the worst things a business leader can think or say for their own sake. I've heard things like keep it small, keep it all as far as profit goes. Speaking of a more profitable business because we have less people to manage, less systems to manage, that's stupid. Maybe I'll just fire everyone, go sell by myself and make way more money. Also dangerous. I don't want to have a big business. Because too many people to manage. Ooh, that's really popular. Not good. I'm going to break this down. Don't worry. I don't want a big business because I'll have no personal life. Maybe the most popular one. Like some version of a big business takes away from family time or personal time or downtime or rest time. Like you can't have a big business and have a big personal life. Final one that I hear most often is a bigger business equals more problems, more headaches, more drama, more chances of getting sued, too many taxes. Man, I love the tax one. It's, I had to pay a million dollar tax bill. Oh, that's a lot of money. That's what we call a first world problem. That's a really good problem to have. It's not fun yet. How much money did you have to make to be able to pay a million dollars in taxes? That's, that's not a, that's not a necessarily a bad thing. Okay. So now let's break it down. I'm going to give you the four reasons why a, why a small business is a stupid business, the thinking behind it. And remember, this is not necessarily about the goals. So I'm not putting judgment on you need to have bigger goals or the, the size that you're thinking is too small. It's not about that. It's about the mindset, the energy behind it. So you can define small however you want. You can define big however you want in this concept. What I'm really attacking is where you say, I don't want it to get bigger. And if it's because of one of these reasons, I'm here to tell you, it'll get you in trouble. So let me break it down. Number one, small is dangerous. And this goes against that thought of keep it small, keep it all, that it's more profitable for me to stay smaller or this, I'll, I'll go do it myself and make way more money. Those ones. Now, you could be the rare bird that truly does make a bunch of cash quickly, put it into growth assets like real estate, et cetera, some really smart investments, 
And I'd say that's not actually small. So you could use your business, keep that business from growing too much larger. If it spins off enough cash and you take that cash and you put it into other investment vehicles that become very large and you power the economics and financial freedom of your life on that, that really doesn't count as keep it small in this context. I'd say that's actually big. It's big on the real estate side. It's big on the investment side because you realize how much you have to buy to really build sustainable wealth if you uh, were not, if you were not playing that game at that level. So when it's about running a business, there becomes this natural point. Some call it the messy middle is a very famous term sometimes you see. And I, I don't necessarily love that expression because I've recognized that just on the way to scale, and you could put scale at about a million, two million, three million in, in revenue, annual revenue, you might hit three or four different messy middles. That's why I don't necessarily love the term messy middle. However, it, it's an interesting concept and it's very true. It's just that the, you'll keep hitting different versions of that along the way up. Some call it that because you've made money. Here's how it shows up. You've made money, your sales are working, you're growing rather fast and you naturally begin to hire and you grow more products, more services, or you expand and you get bigger geography, right? So it's this idea of growth and then you start throwing more money at growth and you have higher expenses, whether it's hiring people, adding more services or growing geographically. And your expenses start to increase faster than the returns almost always at a place when you start to sell more and you start making less. So it, it almost always happens. Here's the deal though. If you've hired and you've chosen the right products and services, then you'll be fine. They'll return well over their cost, and you'll go through that. Most of us though, don't have a ton of experience on hiring or making the right business strategic business decisions in that growth or whether we should expand yet, open the second or third location, things like that. So we get stuck in this place sometimes where, wow, I started making more money. I naturally did what I was supposed to, I hired more, or I added on more products and services, or I, and, or I grew another couple of locations and my profitability is horrendous. It's not coming back. So there's this natural instinct of, let me pull all that back and go backwards and I'll keep it small, keep it all. I'll keep it small, keep more money. And the truth is it was just the wrong decisions, maybe the wrong hire. Maybe you expanded the wrong location. Maybe you expanded the, the right time, wrong place. Maybe you expanded right place too early, wrong time. Maybe you turned on the wrong products and services. A lot of times at this point, first time or a newer entrepreneur is not really good at the economics of their business, not really good at the accounting where they can really measure a return on investment. In other words, they hear from these salespeople that somehow know that you're starting to make money and like the call started, Hey, why don't you just turn this on and you're only going to need three more clients or one more patient or two more coaching contracts. And that'll pay for itself. But the truth is it doesn't pay for itself because you have overhead. So you need it to pay four X or 10 X of itself based on what your budgets are. What's a budget. We usually don't have them at this point. A lot of times. So the issue is not that I'm trying to grow or that growth is bad or that opening more locations is bad or that hiring people is bad. The issue is hiring the wrong people is bad. Growing in the wrong place at the wrong time is bad. 
adding products and services that are less profitable because you haven't measured the per profit per unit, per profit per person, per, per profit per widget. That is what's bad. The strategy behind it is bad. So what do you do there? You get a business consultant, ASAP. You call me, you call one of us. And if you can't afford me, trust me, you can't afford not to. This is not me selling you on our services. I'm just telling you, it will save you everything to be able to go there. The right consultant will find you a few hundred thousand dollars in the first two to three hours of consulting millions within a month or two. And the danger of some of these rapid growth or I, it's not even about speed, non-strategic growth, non-strategy types of growth is when there's a market shift, some cycle changes, which our economy is all cyclical. We're probably going through a cycle change right now. A new competitor, different competitors come, cash erosion, things like that, less talented people start leaving. So you end up not being able to withstand the storms when you haven't grown through strategy. So this idea that small is better, it's worse. It's actually more dangerous. The smaller you are, the less chance you have of making it through the major market shifts and cycles and competitors and rich cash competitors that will come at you guaranteed. That's reason one. Reason two, small is actually harder. Small is actually harder. We inadvertently believe this idea that more employees are harder to manage than a small group. And we sometimes believe that more payroll is more stressful. More locations are harder to track. Truth is, it's not the same. It's actually easier. When you have a bigger business, you have more cash to have more people. And when you study the largest businesses in the world, you'll see that the leader really only has between three and seven people reporting to them, depending on their structure or how much time they have, how many businesses they own, things like that. And which would you rather have? Five people reporting to you with 5,000 people behind them, generating sales, able to replace one of those five should something happen, 50 more people ready and qualified for that new leadership role you have available or the new market that you're ready to enter, or would you rather just have five people staring at you? One's on vacation. You got four doing the work. Another one's sick. Now you got three doing the work. Guess who's doing the rest of the work? You. You need a new leader for a new opportunity. Congrats. Maybe when those five are ready, now you got to pull them out of the place that they're crushing it. Go and venture into the new things. So do you see small is actually harder. You're less maneuverable. You can stand less market cycles and shifts. You don't have this opportunity to grow that you need to. Little bit of turnover really messes you up. Couple of vacations at the same time. Business comes to a halt. Somebody gets sick. Two people get sick at the same time. You're in trouble. Somebody quits. You get a big piece of the job back. There goes a whole year of your life back in the saddle. Then you got to replace that role. So you don't get a break. You're constantly one heartbeat away from getting all the sales job back or all the admin job back. And you're not going far, taking a distant vacation. You're nearing collapse at all times. You're one heartbeat away from big problems. That's hard. That's a lot harder than big. It's a lot harder than 
I got five key people, 50 replacements behind them and 5,000 salespeople behind them. It's actually easier to manage because you're still only managing the same three to seven people directly. And they manage another group and they manage another group. See, you're actually 5,000 people. You only have the same three to seven people. It's just, there's a lot more reinforcements behind them and you can take a vacation. That's number two. Small is actually harder. Number three, small consumes more time. Again, we inadvertently believe that a bigger business means sacrificing personal or family time. Let me be real clear. Yes, the journey to big on the way there typically has sacrifice of extra free time for a few years. I, I can assure you though, there's still enough time to have a great marriage, plenty of kid time, church time, running a time-consuming startup. There's the old adage is, oh, I quit my 40 hour job to be an entrepreneur so that I could work 80 hours a week to, for nobody, for myself. And it's funny, it's kind true on the way up. However, I can assure you there's still enough time on the way up, even at the worst, because you will work a lot of extra hours. And yet when you get to that place of scale, like we talked about in the random example of five people with 50 replacements behind them and 5,000 people behind them. That person has a lot of free time as much as they really need to, they can get away with when it's just you and the other four people staring at you, I mean, it's hard to get away. However, on the way up, when you are in that entrepreneurial startup mode and you're sacrificing mode, there's still enough time for all that personal stuff. It, it's not going to be the business or the kids that get in the way. If you really look at your calendar, say you're in that spot right now, you're feeling stretched. Your calendar's full, you're hustling hard, and you're like, man, I, I don't know that I can scale this business harder, make this business bigger. There's no time left in the calendar. I promise you, it's not the kids. It's not the important things in your life that's getting in the way. It's going to be these secondary things. You're probably still doing things that are less important than the family, the church, or your business. It's going to be the buddies that you probably honestly could skip a few nights out with. It's gonna be the, the TV time that you love, maybe some of the travel, the shopping, um, working less important tasks at work because you have the wrong person in charge of it. Man, I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs that are hitting this scale wall right now and have full calendars. When I look at their calendar, it, they're, they're actually, doing most of the job of somebody that they're paying to do the job, but that person is not quite good enough, but really well liked. And they're still wearing that hat and they're working part of that person's 40 hour work week, if they're really honest with themselves. So that's, what's in the way. It's not growing a big business. That's in the way. It's not the fact that you have family or you need your kid time or you want church time. That's not what's in the way. It's going to be a secondary item, which is doing somebody else's job hanging out with the friends a little bit more often than maybe you need to, a little bit of extra TV time, that kind of stuff. So the, it's about the stuff that takes away from the core parts of building a business, the core parts of your family and personal life. Time is simply an investment. It's the same as money. I always say you've got two things that you invest, minutes and money, the two M's, minutes and money. Those are your two investments. If you think like an investor, you're going to put them in the right place for a quantitative return back to you. So time is simply an investment like money. 
you tell it where to go and how much of a return to come back with. You ever hear the expression that money isn't evil, it's just a magnifier of your values? So money in the wrong hands will be wasted and the right hands, it will multiply. So it's not about the money, it's about whose hands it's in. It's not about the time, it's about where you put it. Time in the wrong hands will be squandered and the right hands will be multiplied. So it's not about business or work, it's about whose hands it's in. I really want you to think about that. Truth is, when done, business will always give the owner more time and more freedom than they ever had in their entire life. Think of the wealthiest people right now. Just think of any wealthy person that you can imagine. Could they go anywhere? Could they take as much time with their family as they want if they really wanted to? Maybe they don't. Maybe they squander time. Maybe they work too much. But could they? That's the question. Could they? Do they have options that you don't have? Do they have options that we don't have? Options with their time? Yes. Then they have more freedom than you do. So think about it. If they have more options, if they could do things that you can't do, by definition, they have more freedom than you do. That came from the big business, not from being a slave to a small business. Big business always gives the leader more time and more freedom. Point number three, small actually consumes more time than big. Now, point number four, small produces more problems. A lot of times we think bigger business equals more lawsuits, more drama, more people walking out, group quits, competitor comes in, it's crushing you, market shifts, culture issues, need to fire a leader, all these big issues. But I want you to think about how do I handle those issues if there's only a couple of us? How do I handle a couple? How do I handle this if there's only a couple of us? If I have to fire a leader and I don't have a replacement, oh, that's tough. The list of high stress moments in business is long. Those are not going to change. Tell me which one of those, though, a bunch of cash can't fix. All right, I'm going to read the list again. Tell me which one of these a, a boatload of cash cannot fix lawsuits, drama, people walking out, group quits. Competitor comes in and starts crushing you. Market shifts. Cultural issues. Need to fire a leader. Don't have a replacement to replace them in-house. A boatload of cash can fix every single one of those. Even like the one that you thought was more altruistic, like cultural issues. Could we not hire a company to come in and really work with us and fix our culture? Should get to the heart of the issue and create some bonding, some new policies, some new ways of doing business. Yes, we can. If a competitor comes in and crushes us, we can fight back with cash. Market shifts, our cash can extend us through it. Lawsuits, cash can make those go away or take care of them or, or at least let you survive them. People walking out, you can hire a bunch really fast. There's a, all of this stuff cash can fix, but if you have no cash because your business is too small, any one of those could be the death blow. Any one of those could be the death blow. Tell me which one of those a large company can't cover and fix faster than a small company. We see it every day in the news. Large companies can fix that stuff a lot fast. Heck, large company goes through those all the time. The funny part is they go through them almost as often as small businesses. The only difference is they're so big, we don't even notice it as much. It's just another day. When a company is large enough, most of those items are addressed by the leaders in the organization 
who are exceptionally talented and the owner or the main leader or the founder sleeps okay at night knowing some really smart people are fixing these things that they don't even always see. They just get updated on later. But if it's you and your four people staring at each other and the big lawsuit comes in or the big competitor rolls in, I think you're the one losing sleep at night more than even your other four people because they probably go get a job somewhere. So just think small actually is more stressful, produces more issues, more problems for you personally because you don't have the leaders behind you. They're so talented that can just handle that stuff. You don't have a legal team that knows how to fight that stuff and can make it work, knows exactly where you stand. So what happens is you get to stay in the visionary mode more create ideas that will drive the company's future instead of constantly being stuck in this quagmire solving every issue the business has all by yourself. Small business may not produce more problems as a total count versus a big business, but I promise you a small business produces infinitely more problems for the leader, for the founder themselves than a big business ever will. Leading a small business is exhausting compared to leading a large business with great leaders in place. So point number four, a small business actually produces more problems. So overall, like I said, from the beginning, I want you to check your energy that's powering this belief that you may have small is better as your argument. Perhaps you can say something logical to counter my thesis here, yet check the energy under it first. Most likely it's fear-based on something that happened in the past, which you're scared will happen again, or something that still hasn't ever happened, but you're scared it will happen. Either way, look at it. It's probably powered by fear. Fear, my friends, my leaders, is the single greatest restraint of you living the life you were meant to live, being the leader you were designed to be, having the freedom you were born to create. Fear at its root is selfish. And I know that's strong, yet consider the motivation to keep it small. That's about you, isn't it? It's about avoiding your fears, your discomforts, your unknowns. And who pays the price for that other than you? Your family, your future generations, your people who won't get opportunities or advancements that would have had you let the company grow to its full size. Your fears are the ceiling for way more lives than just your own. You hold everyone back just from being scared too often. We wrap that fear in a noble blanket. I don't want to lose my family. I don't want to sacrifice time with my kids to go build a big business. The pursuit of big must be about money. And I don't love money. That's evil. Nobody said to love money. If you want to talk about evil, does your creator really want you to bury the talent he gave you? Or does he call you to multiply it? Truth is, small is selfish and fear-based. Big is your destiny. Big is your impact on many lives and generations. Doesn't actually matter how big you get. The point is to be the absolute best you can be. Walk fearlessly, putting it all out there and multiply your talents. If you're feeling this message and struggling, reach out to me. I say all of this with love and I'm here to help you break through and work through this. Implement this process in your organization today so you can ensure a smoother path to scale for your world. As always, reach out to me, myself, my company, CFE Strategies. We can be of service in helping you scale. Don't forget, I've taken notes for you 
and I've created some questions and study guides so you can implement this week. Just go to SethCampbell.com and look for the podcast show notes, subscribe to our YouTube channel, see the full video recording of these podcasts. And obviously you can join our private Facebook group, Seth Campbell Podcast. Keep the conversation going with me. Until next time, focus forward.